Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 272, recorded at Big Dog Studios in Eugene, Oregon. This show is made possible by One Pod Design House. Did you know that a website is supposed to help make you money? Truth is, most sites don't. Not because they don't work, but because they are not optimized to be seen by the customers looking for your services. We connect your website to your customers. Visit us at OnePodDesign.com. The Real Herb Market. Herbal makers of all sorts are finding their place here at the Real Herb Market. The array of artisan herbal products is growing daily. You'll find only products made by a real herbalist with real, all-natural ingredients and all made by hand at the Real Herb Market. Check it out at www.therealherbmarket.com. This is our last show for the first half of 2021. We're taking our annual summer hiatus break. This year, the Practical Herbalist team will be working on a couple of new offerings and making updates to the website. We'll be back talking herbs in August. Until then, we hope you get into the garden, play with some plants, and make a little herbal delight. Plants create a kind of connection many of us crave, even when we don't realize it. When you step out into nature, that connection happens, and it even heals places we didn't know were hurt. Today we're talking with Rebecca Ingalls, herbalist at Palmer Pond Botanicals and psychotherapist at Swamp Scott's Counseling, about the healing and joy you can find in a community garden. Now here are your hosts. I'm Candace Hunter. I'm Patrick Hunter. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Hey, Rebecca, welcome back. Hi, Candace. Hi, Patrick. Hello. Okay, so, so nice it's it's spring you. and I'm starting to think about gardening and the first thing I thought of was you. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have been excited for this ever since last fall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so you have to fill folks in on the community garden that you are. And I would say personally, I would say an absolute instrumental part. They couldn't survive without you part of of the garden working. But, you know, you can actually correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, so I'm I'm um, a founding director of New Hall Fields Community Farm in Peabody, Massachusetts, and that is a project I got into. <clears throat> let's see, in April of 2018. Yeah. Um, a little interesting side story since I met you, Candace, through BNI, mm-hmm. and I know Patrick's in BNI Business mm-hmm. Networking International. Yes, yes. and I was I was promoting myself as a community herbalist in that group, and at the time there, I wanted to do more community programs, and so I had um, I had a program that I did uh, four times a year. It was called Staying Healthy with the Seasons. And I would bring it, you know, and uh, to that to that group we met on Thursday mornings. And um, there was a woman there who was somehow affiliated with the Peabody Library here in um, Peabody is just we're just north of Boston. And um, she brought it to her uh, director at the library and they wanted me to come and do that program Uh for the community at the library. And so I did that and I met a woman who um, had been wanting to get something going at, on this piece of property that was owned by the city of Peabody. It was a, it was a farm that they had purchased and there was uh, certain restrictions on the, on the deed. And it had to do with the property can only be used for 
education, agriculture, um, and conservation. And uh, her idea was to start a community farm there. And there, there was already a farm stand on the property, but uh, she approached me after that herb class. She thought maybe we could put an herb garden there yeah. on the farm. So uh, she approached me that spring to do that. And of course, because I had been, of course, I said yes. Yes. Because that's one thing I had wanted to do. Um is to find more land or work with communities to grow more herbs oh, yeah. that are local. You know, nothing against mountain rose herbs. I love mountain rose herbs, but oh. I was thinking it would be so nice to use plants that grow here with us Yeah, uh, in our neck of the woods. So uh, it was something I had wanted to do. And there it was, I walked out. This is, um, I think the whole property is about 17 acres. Uh, but the the um, the land for agriculture is closer to probably under ten acres, mm-hmm. and uh, so we mapped out this uh, plot for the inaugural herb garden, and uh, been growing strong a, ever since. What a trip! Wow. So we you know struggled through trying to get plants get some irrigation. We didn't have water that first year. I was oh, like driving over with um gallon <laughs> jugs of water and planting herbs. It was that summer was so hot. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of hundred degree days and uh but that's the beauty of these herbs like the mm-hmm. and I was I, we were able to get a lot of donations. So this was started on zero dollars. Right. Zero dollars. Just a lot of <laughs> elbow grease digging in and um I took a lot of transplants from my yard and other I had started other herb gardens around the north shore here and so yeah we got that started and uh we'd have um, volunteers come out and it's just so fun turning them on to the aromatic plants especially the way it's laid out we we make beautiful paths and you know, we wanted people to um, interact. We wanted it to yeah. be um, real dynamic. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, children. we wanted children to come and wander the paths. We made a couple of little mazes. Oh, and, um, yeah, some beautiful, just beautiful plant. We basically took any herbs that people would donate <laughs> and, um And against all odds, they grew like they didn't have a lot of water. They didn't have a lot of care. But this is what I love about this kind of farming and this Mm -hmm. this work is that they're perennials. They're so resistant and resilient and they kept coming back. Yeah. So this uh, last season, uh, 2020, was so the third year It was Mm -hmm. our third summer there and it is just going going wild. So what are it, some of what are some of the most popular herbs that are out there like the ones that really you notice people really stopping at or commenting on? Well, um there's a whole border of chives. And uh-huh. so and they bloom right in the spring so they've got the beautiful little 
you know, purple pom-poms on the top. And so people are drawn to them and then they find out their chives and they want to cut them and bring them home and, and, and uh, use them in their eggs, for instance, or uh, to make a chive, you know, I teach people how to make a chive vinegar where you Mm -hmm. just take the blossoms and it turns the vinegar, beautiful, rosy color. So, and so delicious. Yes. Um, And then later in the season, there's also along the same border the garlic chives, which are beautiful nice. white flowers, yes. and they they were covered with honeybees all August, just gorgeous. Oh. Um, so the culinary the culinary herbs people are drawn to because they, I think, um, I think sometimes people can be a little intimidated by you know how you've heard people talk about the wall of green. Mm-hmm. Like it's just all green. We can't separate out what one plant is from the other. And sometimes I think people think they ought to know before mm-hmm. they've even met the plants. And so I think there's a comfort in saying, oh, sage, I know that. I use yes. that in my turkey stuffing and, yeah, um, you know, the culinary herbs. So yeah, the nice sage and the rosemary and the thyme are all very easily recognizable, at least from their scent. I mean, even people that don't do yeah. tons of cooking usually recognize oh that's like spaghetti those are the herbs for spaghetti you know yes exactly you're exactly in the cilantro and the other you know uh garlic and things like that are known uh yeah they they know the look of them they know the smell of them and then for me it's been fun to weave in because of that you know weave in, you know, yeah. the valerian, the skull cap, oh, the nice. uh, I planted costmary this year. This is a whole new one for me, just an exquisite scent. Um, hibiscus. Um, what else? Blue vervain is doing so well. And um, of course, the calendula, the whole garden is just surrounded by just calendula that blooms. Oh. It's still bloom. It was still blooming. Yeah, when my son was when my son was little, that was one of his favorites. And out here, our winters are mild enough that oftentimes I've seen calendula bloom through the entire year. I mean, oh, wow. you just get a couple blossoms through the really cold months, but it's amazing how resilient that plant is. Yeah, it really wants to push through. It's so giving too, and yes. the number of seeds. Oh gosh, yes. Um, it's just, it's so giving and yeah, it's so fun to touch those blossoms and mm-hmm. feel how soft they are. And, you know, mm-hmm. the doctrine of signatures says, oh, oh man, yeah. touching this, I know this is good for my skin. Yes. And then when you get the resin on your fingers, you're you're uh, eating, oh, wow, this is, and it's so fun to, to use that process to teach people yes. like, I'm forever saying touch, smell, touch, smell. Yes. Yes. Um, and they don't know what's happening to them. Right. But, but touch smell is, you know, if you can get someone out into the herb garden to touch and smell and just be with the plants for a little while. Yeah. Subtle shifts are happening. Yes. Like, yes. Like Patrick said in the introduction that you might not even know are occurring. Yeah. And healing is happening on a very, it's a subliminal um unconscious the realm that the plants operate in right it's like you can watch the stress just start to drain away you know the harried mom with the two kids that are kind of going all over the place she's trying to rein them in and then they have a chance to play with the calendula and you watch her shoulders relaxing 
as her kids become engaged in something and yeah. she can just let go for a few moments, you know? Yeah. And the kids, you know what you wonder? Cause I remember, like, I remember my aunt Marcy when I had my first, I had my first home, it was on Martha's vineyard and we were going to plant a, a garden and um, you know, we, I, I was just, Oh gosh, what was I? 21, 22. And uh, so I didn't have a lot of money for plants. And I remember I was visiting my aunt and she had, she had a vegetable garden, but she had herbs in it too. She had rhubarb and uh, she had rhubarb. What I know is rhubarb, mint, oregano, and thyme, which she dug into the earth and separated out the roots and put them in um, pots for me. Oh. And said that, oh, you can just plant the, and it was the first time I learned about um, being able to divide out plants like that. Nice. And, you know, I yeah. didn't know at the time that I would be teaching others how to right. do that and that they would, I have to keep remembering that this is new. Like when someone yeah. sees that, oh, pull up that, you like that chocolate mint? You can just pull that right up and you'll get a little root and you can yeah. bring that home to your yard. Yeah, just look for this little, you know, the little root buds or the yeah. little tiny. It doesn't take much. <laughs> it doesn't take much. And these herbs, they want to be with us. Oh, yeah. They want to be part of our lifestyle yes. and our everyday life. They want to be in our tea and in our vinegar and in our yes. you know, salads. Yes, they want to permeate us as much as we want to permeate them, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And especially during COVID, I mean, I was so, um, I think last, last spring moving into last, you know, the COVID-19 season when yeah. we were on lockdown here and I was thinking, wow, you know, it was a little scary. And I was thinking about those herbs, like, mm-hmm. and that time was just pushing up in April and I thought, oh mm-hmm. gosh, okay, we've got plenty of time for mm-hmm. time steams. We've got rosemary, we've got loads of sage. And okay, well, we need more of these herb community herb gardens oh, because yeah. we, you know, people yeah. were contacting me through the my botanical shop, Palmer Pond Botanicals, and wanting, you know, herbs uh, because mm-hmm. they were putting in their order at Mountain Rose and other. Oh yeah, and everything was sold out. out. Yeah, yeah. things yeah. they were out of stock or they had to wait. You know. Mm-hmm. over four weeks, weeks to get their orders weeks yeah. upon weeks yeah so it became clear to me that um i love this kind of community herbalism mm-hmm. in terms of um i love the teaching but this is a whole new realm where yeah. we're we're gardening together we're on our hands and knees in the in the soil um interacting with these plants and i just imagine that Every community, every every township here on the North Shore has a substantial herb garden, not only in people's backyards, but yeah. maybe for people who don't have yards. Like yeah. I think it should be accessible to all people. Yeah, there's a lot of people who need to live in high rises, for instance, or apartment complexes because it's affordable and it's reasonable and it's close to where they need to work or accessible for them. They exactly. should have access to the plants too. <laughs> to be able to go. I mean, that's what's so cool about the mm-hmm. space for that community um, yeah. is that people can go out there to the herb garden and they can yeah. they can learn and they can be with the herbs. And oh, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm so excited for 
this coming season and yeah. to expand on that program and be able to bring it to other communities. So considering, I mean, you, you had two years without COVID, then you had last year with COVID. How did that, the COVID experience and the masks and everything else that came with the pandemic, how did that change being in the community garden for you? And well, I, like everything, um, it had its upsides and downsides. <laughs> so part of the downside was that we couldn't invite in, you know, because of the city mandates, we couldn't invite in um, groups, the volunteers Ooh, initially. Yeah. And then slowly when we oh, did gosh. open it up for volunteers, we had to go through these protocol and um, very rigid requirements. Mm -hmm. uh, we had to have masks. We had to be a distance apart. We had to wash uh, either wear wear both wear gloves and wash down the tools or ask people to bring their own tools. Um, the previous two years, we had had the master gardeners come work oh, too, which is, yeah, you know, it was helpful. Yeah. So uh, because a lot of our other programs and volunteers might be people who have not, and we want it to be this way, people who might not uh, typically be in a garden or at a farm. Right. And they're just learning. So they need a lot of supervision. Yes. Uh, yeah. We've had plant casualties. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I hate to see my little babies pulled up, but yeah. it does happen. And that's yeah. part of the process. Um, so we didn't have that, that many volunteers. Mm -hmm. And the upside of that is that I had some time to be in the garden. It was time for transplanting and, and, and um, building out the garden a little bit. And I had some time to do that, uh, to be able to take off my mask out there and do some work. Um, you know, it was solitary, but yeah. I found it very, very important to my yes. sanity and my mental health to be able to do that. I felt so fortunate. And, um, the other thing that happened is I had an herbal apprentice who contacted me and wanted to find out if I needed help in the garden. So uh, she would come out and then she brought her, uh, her name's Angelica, <laughs> and she brought her friend Amy, and then she brought her friend John. Uh, and then I had another uh, student, Casey, who came out. And so it was this little core group and they uh, worked alongside of me. Mm -hmm. And I seem to really like that form of teaching where I'm just doing what I do. Yeah. This kind of apprenticeship type of program, yeah. which just kind of evolved. I wasn't, it was very organic. I wasn't, there was no structure to it really. Right. It was a text like, are you going to yes. the garden? Yes. And uh, so that worked out really well. And I realized that, okay, here's, here are these here are these four young people. They're all in their thirties and they're passionate about this and they, nice. they see the value and they, they, we very much want a kind of justice and equity mm -hmm. that everyone has the accessibility. Right. And so they also like the vision of expanding out and bringing this to other communities. Oh. So, um, that's what I'm thinking about for this coming season. Like how did, because these herbs are so, so giving and so. Yes. Well, and you um, always, I mean, if you plant anything from the mint family within two years, you're going to have too many for the space. So you oh, need yeah. to find another place. <laughs> you know? and isn't that exciting? Yeah. Like to, 
and to and to see these young young people um, take what they've learned and then bring mm-hmm. it and teach it because I think the teaching is the best way to learn. Does that yes. make sense? Yes. Yes. We're excited to announce that Yamaya's Apothecary is opening here at the Real Herb Market. Soulful and lovingly, Yamaya creates her selection of herbal remedies and self-care botanicals with you in mind. She gets how complex life can be, so she creates herbals that can truly support you through the messy parts. Yamaya's herbal products are like the hug you need just when you need it. Find them at therealherbmarket.com slash shop slash Yamaya's Apothecary. Yeah, because it forces you to really get clear on levels that sometimes we learn really well and we're doing and we're doing it. We know what we're doing, but we're not thinking we haven't brought it to the really mental level or, you know, there's like another level we haven't quite. And when you teach, you have to have you have to really know it at all those levels because your students are going to ask questions. Yeah. And thank goodness they do. Yeah. They ask questions. Um they spot things that I might not see. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's always this unfolding. And one thing I have to say is when we got on that, on that land there at mm-hmm. Newhall Fields, my first impulse when I got out there was, there's already so many herbs here. Like, <laughs> we've got burdock, yellow duck, cleavers. <laughs> yes. We've got stockfield. <laughs> we've got ramps. There's so much here nettles stinging nettle oh like, yeah <laughs> and of course this has been part of that education is yes. uh, you know it looks wild and unkept and and being able to have that be part of the education too we need yes. these wild spaces yes yeah and goldenrod you oh, know yeah. those are all the caretakers of the land when you know we're not doing something else are the ones that help the land recover when we've done foolish things, you know? Exactly. And the mugwort everywhere, Artemisia vulgaris everywhere, just so, and you know, the, now we have a vegetable farmer and she's like, cut that down. And you're like, no, out of here. Like these are my friends. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. (laughs) See, the thing is funny is that the tomato plant in an herb garden is a weed. Yeah. Total weed. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's deep, Patrick. <laughs> I got that, that lesson. Is deep. I got that lesson when this is a funny story. <laughs> I was in I was in sixth grade and we had a reading teacher whose name is Mr. Yapple. And we had the vocabulary test, right? And he said, you know, and you have to do it verbally. And he asked, So Patrick, what's the definition of a weed? And I'd say what it is. And he said, Okay. So is a rose a weed then? And then I said, well, no. Well, he said, well, what if the rose, by your definition, is growing in a place you don't want it to be? Well, it's a rose. It's not a weed. Uh, He says, no, that's a weed. So I've always remembered that. So was right. Yeah. If you want that awesome tomato plant in a tomato area, yeah, maybe the mugwort's a weed for you. But on the reverse of that, if you want mugwort, there's a tomato plant – that's a weed. Yep. <laughs> I love that. That is so profound. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. I love that. I'm going to use – I will use that. Absolutely. So when <laughs> your farmer goes, those are weeds, are like, oh, no, no, no. Get your weeds out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, even, the, even this volunteer – and I just met him this year, John. He is uh, – 
Korean descent and he's mm-hmm. a young Korean man. And, um, Oh, you would appreciate that. He's, he teaches, um, Oh geez. Am I going to say the wrong thing? I think it's Taekwondo. Yeah. yeah would be, probably. Would be, yeah. That's, yeah. That'd be my best guess. It's yeah. Korean. I know you have a background with that. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh, what a beautiful man. And he, so we were, so I had said to, uh, his friend Angelica, you know, this, um, mugwort is taking over here and I, I, we have, I had planted some dill. And so I'm like, can you weed this out of here? And he said, mugwort, you have mugwort. Oh my gosh. There's so mugwort, oh, yeah. so much mugwort there. Yeah. I said, yeah, John, this is mugwort. And he came and he smelt and he's like, it smells like my childhood. Yes. He said, this is an essential ingredient yeah. in Korean cooking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he told, there's actually a creation story he told about, I think it was about oh, wow. mugwort and garlic. And oh, wow. uh, someone going into a cave, a bear going into a cave with mugwort and garlic. Now, this could be totally botched. <laughs> and, and coming out a human. It was like their, oh, wow. their, their um, creation story. Yeah. And I'm like, here we are pulling up this weed. And he's like, can I take some home? I I said, well, you know, with a caveat, I mean, because it will take over. Your neighbors might not like you, but go. Hey. (laughs) Yeah, but that speaks to what Patrick said. Like it was, he was like so excited about it. And the smell just brought him right back to his childhood. It was beautiful. It was just a beautiful moment. Yeah. That's cool. I love that. I love that. That is, that is like, that is exactly the deep healing the deep, like you didn't even know, you know, it's one of those things you, you don't even know. And then there the plants are saying, Hey, guess what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we got it. We got a fix for that. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, know? so sweet. So sweet. And, yeah. and the two people who were working that day, Angelica and John, they didn't know each other that well. They had mm-hmm. only recently met. Um, and then as of the end of last season, uh, they're a couple. Oh, it was so like cool. the first romance at the farm, and just oh, oh that's so so, cool. so interesting, and how that developed, like, and so um, so rewarding to be part of yeah. their journey, yeah, and to be a mentor, yeah. Uh, you know, now that I'm in my sixties, uh, that is it, it is okay. It's kind of cool being older, yeah, and uh, seeing seeing the young people. Uh, I don't know, mature into this, uh, into this world, this world of herbs. And, you know, they're interested in a lot of the things that you both do, like homesteading, (laughs) all about animals. And I I even mentioned, this was just Saturday, Candice, I was talking about your geese. Oh, (laughs) sweet Annie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The goose. Yeah, yeah. When I was looking for a name for sweet Annie, uh, I saw this, I saw Sweet Annie doesn't actually grow in my yard. It's a really, a little slightly more Southern plant. It's an Artemisia and it's a, um, kin to the, like wormwood. So it's a similar type of, you know, plant. I just harvested a bunch of seeds to that. Nice. I grew it. Oh, Artemisia oh yeah. Artemisia so Annua. you might want to be mailing me a little bit of seeds. Cause I've been looking and I just haven't gotten a hold of any, but yeah, I saw the plant and sweet Annie declared right there. Sweet Annie is my name. And I understood in that moment, all the protective nature of that plant. And I was like, oh, yes, that's exactly, that's your job on the farm. That's perfect. 
Sweet Annie happens to be a gander, but I don't mind. <laughs> it's, 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 it's very West Coast. It's very West Coast. <laughs> very. I love it. And I love Sweet Annie. Someone yes. introduced me. There's a, there's a county or a country fair that takes place in Maine every, mm-hmm. every fall. And um, someone brought me a bunch of Sweet Annie one year from that. Oh. And I knew, I'm like, I'm going to grow this. This is like, nothing smells like this. Yeah. So I uh, got some, got some seeds, I believe from Richo. Check. Nice. And I love ordering my seeds from Richo. Yeah. When and- I went to order the Sweet Annie, he was out already. It was last year. Oh, spring. yeah. He was out of a bit yeah. last year. Yeah. But yeah. I still I still got everything I needed. But the sweet in, I will send you. I have tons of seeds. Yeah. And it grew so beautifully. And uh I remember I was in the shop in my little cottage last mm-hmm. last uh Oh, this was pre-COVID. Yeah. And I had the, all this sweet Annie dried. And I, uh, my friend Jen Young was there. She's an herbalist in, in Salem. And um, like, what am I going to do with all this? I mean, I just wanted it. <laughs> now I have all these bunches. So we hung them from the ceiling. Oh. And the whole cottage smelled like, Must have been glorious. oh, wow. I'm like, this is a great. This like cleared the room. Like, nice. felt so good. And she said, I'm going to take this, some of this home. Nice. And it was, uh, this was December. Oh, wow. 2019. <laughs> and then when, you know, in researching COVID and finding out about some mm-hmm. of the, that they had been researching Artemisia annua. Nice. As a, nice. as a remedy. As a remedy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The plants are just, they're so healing and they're so resilient. And yeah. Yeah. And giving. And giving. So giving. Yeah. yeah. So I love, uh, I love community gardens. I'm a big fan of like bringing, yeah, especially with the grocery shop. I think COVID-19 really drove that home, the importance of this project and yeah. um, food justice yes. is, is really big. We, we do, we donate um, over, well, this year, a little smaller production, um, yeah. we donating well over 100 pounds of produce, fresh produce, first nice. pick to our local food pantry, Haven from Hunger. Nice. And um, it just, uh, it feels really good, yeah. really good. I think everyone ought to be able to have good, fresh food. There's no reason why we can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. So true. So does the farm have a website? Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Patrick. It's newhallfieldscommunityfarm.org. Okay. And And we just got our 501c3 last September. So that also means that you can take donations. Do you have a donate button yet? We have a donate button. Ah. Uh, We have a donate button. It's probably not up to your standards. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I was saying. The important part is it works. It works. It works. It works. And uh, we're happy for any donations. Um, We we are looking to hire a farmer for this coming season, a waged farmer. That would be nice. Um, We have a woman who has worked with us consulting and helped us last year with the harvest. Her name is Hazel. And um, we really want to be able to to um, pay her a good wage so we can keep her. She's yes. so good working with, um, she's unbelievable with students and volunteers. Oh, so that's 
Hopefully this season will bring more volunteers. Hopefully. Sounds like you need a grant writer. Yeah, we do. We do need it. We need so much. There's only, uh, there's only three of us on the board and (laughs) two of us are working board members. And, uh, I am doing that volunteer work in addition to running my two businesses. (laughs) Right. So I can't not do it. Right. Right. I'm pulled in that direction. Yeah. Right, Candace. Totally understand what you're talking about. <laughs> you the, yeah, it's drawn me into its orbit. You have to. You just have to do it at this point. You have to figure out how to make it work because it's. I've watched you. You have so much more joy now when you talk about even just the your botanicals. Your your you know making products. You have so much more joy now than you did when I first met you before you were working with the farm. So. It's feeding yeah. you in ways that, uh, you know. And I couldn't have foreseen it. No. I knew that I wanted to grow more. Yeah. But I didn't see, I couldn't even, I couldn't have even imagined that there was this farm that I didn't know about with this beautiful soil yeah. and beautiful, oh, it's just gorgeous there. And yeah. Um, yeah, just from doing that, well, I guess, you know, going to B&I and you know, mm-hmm. these one-to-ones do pay off <laughs> and, getting that, and getting to do that program at the library and having that, I couldn't have seen it. It, right. it happened and it yeah. was, you know, just doing what you love, really, the rest will fall into place. It really does. will. It finds, it does find a way. Life finds yeah. a way to work it out for you. <laughs> so. That's for sure. That's for sure. So how can people get a hold of you? So Rebecca at newhallfieldscommunityfarm.org or my two businesses, palmerpond.com, rebeccaingles.com. All righty. Okay. Lovely. And we will make sure those links are in the show notes for folks. Oh, that is swell. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. So much my pleasure. And as always... Put Put a nerve on it. (laughs) (laughs) This is our last show for the first half of 2021. We're taking our annual summer hiatus break. This year, the Practical Herbalist team will be working on a couple of new offerings and making updates to the website. We'll be back talking herbs in August. Until then, we hope you get into the garden, play with some plants, and make a little herbal delight. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.